Welcome to the Coach and Doc podcast, hosted by Coach Chris Cutcliffe and Dr. Hunter Taylor. Our organization's mission is simple. We aim to seek and share wisdom on how to build teams that experience long-term success. One way we do that is by interviewing some of the best leaders inside and outside of athletics on this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the work we do at Coach and Doc, please visit our website, www.coachanddoc.com. Welcome to the Coach and Doc podcast. Our next guest is Johnny Mims. Johnny has been the executive director of the Mississippi Association of Coaches since 2002. Johnny's a Vicksburg native and was a member of the Ole Miss baseball team after a standout high school career in Vicksburg. Under Johnny's leadership, the MAC's membership has grown by leaps and bounds. The annual MAC coaching clinic has also continued to grow year in, year out, as have the all-star games sponsored by the association. Johnny is without a doubt one of the most well-known and most popular people in the state of Mississippi amongst high school coaches. So, Johnny, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate you having me. Doc, sure is nice to see you again. No doubt. Well, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to start us off with the first question, all right? And so I remember reading a column maybe a couple weeks ago, and it was a, a columnist he predicted. He said this upcoming fall, with just the way the last year and a half has gone, you know, for like community gatherings, we're getting ready to see record numbers. You know, and this was before we saw this, you know, some new news. But we're getting ready to see record numbers of people wanting to gather together again and celebrate and be a part of, uh, you know, things, whether that's a football game, a volleyball game, a homecoming, whatever. So I was just curious from your vantage point, as many coaches and communities as you're intimately familiar with, what kind of crowds do you anticipate for high school football and volleyball in communities across our state after, after what last fall was like? Well, Chris, I tell you, we're looking for big things. Uh, everybody is just – and I think we kind of saw it at our clinic. I mean, we had mixed reservations uh, on how our clinic turnout was going to be. And we probably had – the fact, we did have the biggest pre-registration that we ever had uh, at our clinic. And that, I think that just shows you. I think everybody is just, you know, the old saying, ready to go, ready to get back to some sense mm -hmm. of normalcy. Uh, all the, the coaches, all the administrators that I've talked to, uh, they're gearing up. They're gearing up to, to go full blast, 100%. Uh, there's no restrictions on, you know, on outdoor or indoor as we speak right now. And as we well know, it could change mm -hmm. overnight. But uh, I think we're looking for, for really big crowds. And, and, I, and I think this year is going to be bigger than ever with kind of what we went through last year. I think, you know, like I said, I think everybody is just – not only are our coaches ready and our players are ready, but I think the the appetite for these for these you know spectators. I mean, I, I think it's I think it's it's really out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree, no doubt. Um, so, hey, just taking a moment to to reflect on maybe some of the positive changes that have come out of the last you know year year and a half uh, in dealing with the pandemic. Are there any changes that were implemented? last year during the 2020-2021 school year uh, due to the pandemic that maybe the MAC plans to keep in place? Well, Chris, you know, that's a, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, we, we, I, we and the MHSAA, MHSAA, we lean on the SMAC committee. And the, the, the SMAC committee is a sports medicine advisory committee that we have doctors and, and you know, throughout the state. And, you know, we're on a Zoom call like every Friday at noon. And uh, 
course, y'all are always welcome to get on if you'd like, and I can give you because it's not nothing that we had. But uh, you know, we 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 think. Uh, uh, I mean, we, as far as the the implications that we put in last year, we're going to kind of stay with what we're doing. And of course, you know, the the local school district has jurisdiction over us. So what we do is we actually put out recommendations from the SMAC committee uh, that we would, would like for y'all or all the school district to go by. Uh, at first we were requiring them. And then of course, when you get back and you look back in the past, you know, at certain times we had some hot top and you know, hot spots in the state. They were having to do some, some really more uh, advanced stuff than some of the other, other states. So, I think uh, other cities. So I think what we're going to do is it basically keep giving, you know, stay, you know, stay with uh, the hand sanitizer. We're going to, you know, you know, recommend that they, you know, uh, don't share water bottles, you know, kind of the same thing we did last year. Um, and, and then, of course, the school district going to jump in and some of the school districts may be a little bit tighter than us. We get that and, and we're going to, we're going to support them. And, uh, you know, it, it's just uh, uh, we we felt like you know what what we did last year. You know, we were able to play all of our games. We had a few games get canceled. Not many were able to get in all of our state championship. We were we were able to get in all of our all star games. And uh, we think that the, the the what we implemented last year helped. Uh, we think, in uh, looking back on it, uh, I think I think we needed that. I think you can take some good out of that. I think a lot of our coaches, a lot of our school districts learned a lot of good lessons uh, with cleaning, cleaning supplies, uh, and, and the things that we have to do to to spruce up. So you know we can, you know you can either look at it half empty or half full, and we we chose to look at it half full and say, hey, let's let's take what we have and and hopefully these schools will continue to. To, you know, to, to use a lot of these things that we that we recommend and require, and and uh, and you know, as you well know, you know, the flu was down what eighty percent last year, you know, yeah. just the, the normal flu. So, uh, so I think it's going to help us. I really do. We're we're excited about it. Awesome. Thanks for answering that. Uh, well, we were talking before you logged on. You've done a lot of different things uh, in your career trajectory. And, uh, you know, it's obviously – it's got to be such an advantage probably of just your range of experiences on helping you with all the different skill sets. And not many people get the honor of serving in a position like you. So we were just curious if you would kind of explain to listeners uh, just what your career path has been like and how it's prepped you uh, for, for your current position. Doc, it is a long road. And I tell you, sometimes you <laughs> wonder how you get here. But uh... – I graduated from Ole Miss uh, 1980, and uh, my daddy was uh, in the retail business and uh, owned uh, what they used to call snacker minutes, which were restaurants, kind of like a waffle house. Mm -hmm. And I was just, hey, I was going to come home and run my daddy's business and get into the business world, and I did that for a couple of years. And then they built a, a new mall in Vicksburg at the time, and it was a big, big thing. and uh, there was going to be a Martians cafeteria in the mall and, uh, Martians had built out the cafeteria. And at the last moment, uh, they backed out of them, out of that mall 
And of course, they had contracts with McRae's and J.C. Penney's and some of the big retail stores that have a cafeteria. Well, they came to my dad because my daddy had been in business for 50 years, and said, "You know, would you like to run a take over and run the uh, cafeteria in the mall?" And at that time, my daddy said, "Look, I'm not trying to get in business. I'm trying to get out." <laughs> uh, but I've got a son that knows business. Well, long story short, I went to the bank and, and made a loan and, and went into business for myself. And I ran a cafeteria, just like a Piccadilly, actually, uh, was, was kind mm-hmm. of what it was, and and uh, ran that business for 12 years. I was feeding over a 1,000 people a day, had over 85 uh, full-time employees. and. Uh, and Piccadilly came to me, uh, I guess it was in, can't remember the year it was, maybe early 90s or whatever. They came to me and saw my numbers and wanted to buy me out. So I made the decision to cash out, so to speak, and sold out to Piccadilly. And uh, really didn't do anything for a little while and then, uh, knew I had to, to work. I was still young. So then I got into the insurance business. I had a brother that was a regional manager in the insurance business and didn't even probably couldn't even spell insurance back in the day. <laughs> and uh went back to school, got an insurance license and degree and and uh opened up my own insurance agency, ran that insurance agency until two thousand one or whenever it was, was able to sell out uh had the third largest all state insurance agency in the state of Mississippi at the time. And uh, anyway, sold out. And uh, at that time I sold out, it's kind of funny y'all asking me this, is when the Coaches Association job came up and I got a phone call one day from a guy named Johnny Hill. And Johnny (laughs) Hill happened to be on the board of the Coaches Association. And I used to coach Johnny Hill's sons when they were in Little League baseball. All of those boys. I did not, I did not know there. about that. And that's how I knew Johnny. And Johnny knew me. Johnny knew my love for athletics. And he kind of knew, you know, whatever. At that time, Johnny was coaching at Warren Central with his, uh, I think it was his father-in-law, brother-in-law, Robert Morgan. And uh, But Johnny had left and I think he had gone to Tupelo at the time, I think. Maybe maybe Oxford. But I know he was at Tupelo at some point. Well, he called me one day and said, said hey, man, come over here and, and – uh, See if you want to run this coach association. I said, Johnny, I've never coached a day in my life. And the smartest thing he ever said to me was, he said, there's no coaching going on in this office. We need, we need a business, man. We need somebody who knows how to run a business. And when he said that, I went over there and interviewed. And long story short, we did it on a handshake. I said, I'll do it for a year if y'all don't like me. Hey, you know, I'll go to the house. You know, if I don't like, if I don't like, it, I'll go to the house, and that's kind of how we went. And it's, you know, I've been there ever since. So I, I credit Johnny of giving me the opportunity and to be able to come over and and uh, and hire me, you know, along with the board at the coaching association. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So, well, so like you just mentioned, your background before the MAC was was actually not in coaching. So. What, would, what did you do early on in the process to try to build relationships with coaches around the state? Well, Chris, I, I, I tell you, when I first took the job, 
I, I really did not know a coach. I knew Johnny. I mean, I knew a couple of from Vicksburg area that I knew, but didn't know anybody. So what I did was is I started going out to the schools and meeting the coaches, uh, getting my name out there, um, just trying to do what I did. I kind of coasted like anybody would the first year. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I had no idea. Did not know the coaches. Did not know. I didn't know classifications. I didn't know districts. I mean, you can just you can think about just not knowing anything. And and uh, of course, I just did the best I could, and I just made it. Found a way. I've always found a way just to get out and meet people, and I can talk with people, and and you know, from you know, from every every angle. And uh, just started going out and just, you know, and, and I put some committees together. I started implementing committees. I would go and, 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 and talk with a – I'll use Johnny for an example, and he would help me get football coaches from all over the state, and I would start bringing them in on different committees and different sports, and I got to knowing them. And I think, I think my main – what I'm proud of the most is, is that I think when the coaches realize – that I wasn't there to try to show or tell them how to coach. They knew I was not a coach. I was just trying to help them from the business side of it as far as trying to make my all-star games bigger and better and, 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 and my clinics bigger and better and, and trying to implement budgets in the office to try to, you know, just to try to make the association bigger and better. So. Awesome. Well, Johnny, I know you, you've obviously mentioned this, that Vicksburg's a big part of your story, right? For people that aren't familiar, we've got listeners all over the Southeast, if people that aren't familiar with the great high school rivalries, the, the, the tradition of sports in Vicksburg, talk to us a little bit about that area and how big high school sports is. Well, I, I tell you, on a Friday night in Vicksburg, I, I you know, downtown closes I can tell you it's just a it's a tremendous football town uh, of course we have uh, fortune enough to have two schools Vicksburg and Warren Central both mm -hmm. there and obviously that rivalry there uh, is crosstown rivalry like it is in Oxford Lafayette and in other places but uh, I mean you, you 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 don't get there at five o'clock you don't get a seat <laughs> at, a, at a crosstown rivalry game, and uh, it's always been a big game. Uh, I know for years, I think you know Warren Central. Uh, I actually played football at Vicksburg High School okay. when I graduated, uh, and uh, but back then uh, we didn't play because they were in a little Dixie conference. We were in the Big Eight conference, <laughs> and uh, uh, but uh, now that when Warren Central started playing Vicksburg. I think it was in the maybe the mid '80s. I think Vicksburg Warren Central went on a run and 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 won about maybe seven or eight in a row. And it just every year they would win, it would get bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. And then Vicksburg, the tide turned, and then Vicksburg, I think, won four or five in a row. And in, and ever since then, it's just I mean, it's just a tremendous. Uh, I mean, I can't say enough about the rivalry. I mean, you you. I mean, there's people lined up outside. If, if you're familiar with the stadium, they're all around the track. And uh, <laughs> it gets pretty heated, as you well know. 
Those are fun ones to be a part of, I think. Oh, um, yeah. So I know, you know, you're not directly, I guess, involved with policy creation with MHSEA, but I know you're certainly uh, a part of those conversations. So, you know, just we're just kind of curious, what, what do you see as the most pressing issues uh, needing to be addressed in high school sports in the upcoming years? Well, I'm going to tell you something, Chris, and you're in this right now. I think some of the, 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 the big issues that we have coming forth is, is the uh, recruiting end of what we're doing. I think a lot of the, um, uh, and I don't know how to say this being very politically correct, but I think a lot of our high school coaches, they watch TV and they, they think we're the NCAA and, 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 you know, uh, a lot of our coaches now doing a lot of, uh, I think that the recruiting process that where you would have a kid that you would take in the, seventh or eighth grade and you bring them through your program and uh and then we get you know they get to be a, a, a 10th 11th grader and they go play on a seven on seven team or they go with the aau team somewhere and they're seen the next thing you know they're they're you know they're being offered to come play over there and promising them something there that they may not think they're getting at the school i think that kind of puts pressure on the high school coaches uh, with that being with that being done that that the transfer process now is a big issue we have you know if a kid's not playing he wants to be immediately play so i'm going to transfer to another school uh that puts pressure on us uh, or the mhsaa uh the mhsaa is 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 the one that's going to take the heat cuz they're the one that's going to make the obviously the last call but uh you know it's just I hate to say it, it's kind of the world we live in now. I mean, they want instant, you know, like a drive-through. They want instant success. Back in the day when we played, you know, you worked for it. You wasn't good enough. You worked harder. And uh, and I'm not saying that that's 100%, but uh, some of those issues out there now that we're fighting every day, uh, it's just, I mean, you, and I'm speaking to Chris, and he's in the fight every day. You just have to. You know, you have to love on them. You have to love on them, but there's a, but at some point you have to let them know, you know, in a good way that they've got to improve and get better. And and I'm not I'm not saying that that there again. I don't want to say anything wrong, but you know, uh, a lot of that comes from home, and the parents need to. I wish we could just make the parents know that, you know, that sometimes it's not bad to 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 sit on the sidelines and watch or or you learn more from there than you would in the ball game or, or life lessons that, that football teaches. And, you know, there's ups and downs as we all know in life and you know nothing is perfect. And I think that what we see sometimes is a parent thinking they want to do, and I understand they want the best for their young one, but sometimes the best is not, maybe not leaving that school and going to another school. And it just puts a lot of pressure on, on us down here trying to, you know, we, we want to be fair to all schools. We're not, you know, we're not picking, we don't pick teams that we want to win down here. We really don't. We just want it, you know, we don't want Chris to go play somebody that some coach has recruited, you know, eight or ten players. And, and you know, we, we, we can see it there. We can look on, and we've done that. We can look on rosters when they were JV ninth grade rosters. And and when they get to be juniors and seniors, those kids' names are still on the roster. 
then we can look at other schools that we can look at ninth and 10th grade rosters. And when they get to be in 11th to 12th grade, they've got, you know, 15 other players that came from somewhere, you know, and, you know, it's going to happen. We know that. And, and I don't know that there's anything that we can do about it, but I think they see it at the college level. They see the transfer portal, how easy it is to get out and go somewhere now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I wish we had the answer down here. I, I really do, but unfortunately we don't. Thanks for answering that. Um, all right, well, we're going to finish now with a little rapid-fire closing round. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. All I want you to do is say the first thing that comes to mind. So quick answers, okay? So here we go. The first one, I want to see if you give uh, just a good book recommendation. Uh, particularly about leadership because you have such a great background. So is there a book that really helped you, whether that was in your past, even before uh, you got into uh, your current? Tony, Tony Dungy, Quiet Strength. Okay. If you have not read it, it's a great way. It's just a, a good way that he, that he coaches and a good way that he uses his tool without losing his temper and using curse words and whatever. So I think he's, I think it's a great book. Perfect. You really do. Most memorable game that you've witnessed in your time uh, in this role? I guess the most memorable game. I've been to a lot of games, but I go somewhere <laughs> different every Friday night. We, we, we split it up and go somewhere different. But I want to say the most memorable game is uh, for 18 years I've tried to moved the Mississippi-Alabama game to let us host the game. And I finally got it done in 2015. And in 2015, we played our first ever Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game on Mississippi soil. And that just happened to be the year that I had D.K. Metcalf, A.J. Brown, (laughs) Jeffrey Simmons, and a ton of the other athletes we had. And we won that game, big time won that game. And that, to me, was a thrill of not only did we move the game to Mississippi and the athletes I have, but the way that we will beat them, the way we've got pictures of of of, of their bench, of their everybody sitting on their bench in about the middle of the third quarter, they knew they were they were done. <laughs> and uh, that's just a, that I take a lot of I take a lot of pride in those All Star games, like Chris does his games, and I guess you know my coaches tell me all the time. Said, "Man, you get fired up on the sidelines." I said, "Well, <laughs> that's my state championship." So, yeah. yeah. All right, this next one, just a coach or a program that you just you just have a ton of respect for, and you wish most you wish more people knew about them. I'm gonna say my high school coach. My right. high school coach was a guy named Cardell Jones. He's got a son named Daryl Jones. That's the Used to be a football coach in the Columbus uh, down in the now he's the AD in the Jackson deal. But Cardell Jones was my high school coach back in the day. Uh, we probably threw the ball thirty or forty times a, a game. I was a quarterback when I graduated. He left and went to Jackson State and coached at Jackson State a year or two. Ended up being the head coach at Alcorn. Coach Steve McNair. He was Steve McNair's coach. And I tell you, I, I, and I say this to Chris because he's a high school coach, I don't know that it's a day that goes by that I don't think about him because he was the one that, that, that made me a man. I mean, he, 
he ran us, he got on us, he treated me like, you know, anybody else did and uh, like you should. And, you know, and I just, I respect him so much for that. I think I know the answer to this next one. Favorite part of the state to travel to and watch a game? <laughs> well, that, I'm a little prejudiced, but I'm going to have to say Oxford. I mean, uh, <laughs> Oxford is, is, is my home away from home. Again, I love coming up there. I think Chris kind of sees me a few times I'm up there, but there's a, a lot of times I'll be at those games up there that he don't even know I'm there. And it's not that I'm coming and spying on Chris and – I wish we had a lot of more Chris Cutcliffe's, but I just love high school football. Yeah. I love the area. I love to watch Oxford Lafayette. I think that's a great rivalry there. Uh, but there again, you know, I, I get to travel all over the state. I'm on the coast one Friday night. I'm in North Mississippi one Friday night. So I get to see a lot of good games, unfortunate. Fortunate. Pretty cool. All right, last, last one. All right, finish this sentence for us. Above all else, I hope people remember me as someone who knew uh, someone they knew they could call and and get the straight answer from. Uh, that they knew that I was looking after them. I'm a I'm a I'm all about coaches. I've never thrown any of my coaches under the bus. I've always had um, uh, you know I'll have parents call me if a kid doesn't make an all star team or something and I tell them when they pick them look tell them to call me I'll never say you know nothing about the coach didn't want them or whatever I always take the blame and that the coaches trust me and they trust me with with every avenue that they can call me and and I give them and I'm an old insurance guy and I've helped I think some of my coaches uh in some of the some of the you know, some of the fights they get in with, with insurance claims and stuff, unfortunately, and uh, hopefully that they know that I'm trying to just lead them in the right direction and, you know, and, and make a better, not only a better coach, but a better person out of it. Thank you so much for listening to the Coaching Doc Podcast. Now, we know there are a lot of podcasts out there, so we're grateful that you chose ours. If you'd like to learn more about the work that we do, please visit our website. It is at coachingdoc.com. Thanks again.